0: Mocking what was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Number one reason why the Pokemon universe would be a terrible place to live is that
1: there are not enough bathrooms in the game. Bathroom scenes in video games are almost always the best. Yeah, like No More Heroes, great bathroom scenes in that. But uh, unfortunately, Pokemon is not in No More Heroes. Oh, we're live, Neil. Oh, well, Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. Last episode of the month.
0: Can't believe we've gone through another month. It's crazy how quickly uh, the days go by. We're in a bit of a lull right now in terms of uh, holidays. I was thinking about this. You know, we we just got past Mother's Day a few weeks ago. We got Father's Day coming up in a couple. We have Mike Myers' birthday. That's true. Yeah, today as the uh, day this episode goes live. Happy birthday, Mike Myers. We know you're listening. Uh, Shrek's famous, uh, Toronto born, uh, Mike Myers, Austin Powers, 60 years old today. Happy birthday to you and many more. Uh, but, uh, it got us, it got me thinking about, uh, greeting cards, Mike. We've talked a lot about that on the show before. Uh, you know, we, we talked a lot about who buys Halloween cards and there's Easter cards and a bunch of just random, random holidays. But, uh, but what about the weirdly genuine greeting cards? Uh, like I would cease to live without you in my life kind of cards. Like, you know, you get like those... There's like, it, you go, you run on the card aisle, you know, you've got your big section for birthday and maybe graduation and Christmas, depending on the season. But there's always like one slot for like something. Sometimes it's sympathy. That makes sense.
1: But there are some weird categories out there. There's some weird categories. It's not even that. It's like the kind of cards that you'll get. Like you'll look for a Mother's Day card or a birthday card. Then there's like a really genuine, like, Mother, I am so happy to have you in my life and I would not be alive without you. And it's like in, you know, cursive writing. And everything like really fancy. I'm like, who is buying? Like, like, obviously there are a lot of those and not a lot of the funny ones. So it's like, it's like, why are you in stocking these cards? Who is buying this? We definitely need more of the funny ones for
0: sure. The ones that are like the big cursive. I don't think I've ever bought one. Maybe I bought one of those when I was a kid and I was just trying to figure out <laughs> yeah. what greeting cards are. And like, like what 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 is the, what is the politics around these? Do I have to buy ones that are really <laughs> sentimental? I've, I gave up on that a while ago. Occasionally, I'll get one, too, and it's kind of awkward when you get a really sentimental <laughs> one. It's like, I don't know where to look right now while I'm reading this. Uh, but with this topic, it got me thinking. I I, I think I might want, I might, I might start my own greeting card line, but I'm never going to do any of the main holidays. I'm going to come up with some obscure things just to see what people will buy. Like, uh, thank God it's Friday card.
1: <laughs> I like or, that, yeah. Or sorry
0: I broke your vegan streak card. When you accidentally serve a vegan some meat at a dinner party, you know, so you might need a card for that. You never know. Like, sorry you got laid off. Like, that's a good... That's a that's a relevant card these days, you know, or uh, have a nice vacation or welcome back from vacation. I think I could get a lot of middle management corporate uh, purchases with that.
1: I like that, actually. I like yeah. that a lot. I think that would work really well for this, like for like this, this genre of uh, of cards, of of people mm-hmm. getting greeting cards nowadays. I um, I'm trying to think what I would want, like a greeting card for uh, congratulations on 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 hitting three years of your podcast. Now, that's a greeting card I wouldn't mind having. Yeah, there aren't enough greeting cards for podcasters out there. And uh, yeah, you never see
0: that. You see three-year-olds, you know, it's easy to age. It's hard <laughs> yeah. to keep a podcast going for three years. That's an accomplishment. <laughs> Getting to three is easy. Uh, but yeah, no, we're celebrating our third anniversary of being a uh, being a podcast, which is crazy to think. It's been three years since we uh, were in the middle of or at the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, you and I were looking for stuff to do. And uh, we looked at the GameCube. We looked at each other on Zoom and uh said let's uh let's go through this entire library. And here we are three years later. We're long done the GameCube library now and uh on to our next project. So Mike, congratulations on three years of podcasting. Can you believe we made it?
1: I can and I hope I get some cards in the mail now of uh of of saying that you made it. Congratulations or super sentimental. It was it was in nineteen ninety three that you were born. And right. then... picture of a butterfly for some reason on it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh... And and like a whole big insert inside, like with like a bunch of different panels saying like yeah. And then this happened, and this happened, and then in twenty twenty in May twenty twenty you created uh, a, a new podcast that, sh- that took the world by storm. Um, and uh, yeah, I would like I would like a really nice greeting card like that, and that with a big three on it, of yeah. course, like with the uh, with some googly eyes.
0: Most of the three cards at the store when you go there, it's like Thomas the Tank Engine. So we might, with, hey, we might have to deal with we might have to deal with Thomas the Tank Engine card, but still relevant. So happy third birthday to you and I was the GameCube was cool podcast. Now the unlocking what was cool podcast. It's the Mike and Neil show. So yeah, here's to Maybe we'll get to six years. Who knows? That on that, what'll be on the six year card? I'm trying to maybe Paw Patrol. <laughs> you know, kids are starting to get into maybe Batman, Pokemon. Pokemon. Pokemon, yeah. Something a little more mature, maybe not quite. <laughs> we're not we're out of the Peppa Pig and Thomas the Tank engine era at that point, but yep. we're still in our in our toddler phase. But yeah, uh happy third birthday to us. Mike, as is the new tradition of this show, it's the last episode of May. So I thought it would be cool to go back to May. 2003, and take a look and see what was uh, big in games, movies, albums, and news from 20 years ago. Yeah, what was going on? What was going on? Yeah, starting with games, May 14th to the 16th was the ninth annual E3 held in Los Angeles, uh, the convention center, <laughs> and the sixth annual Game Critics Awards for the best of E3. And uh, 20 years later, E3
1: is dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a funny one. Yeah, uh, although we will be having a lot of game announcements and stuff, but uh, yep. yeah, E3 is dead. Yep. It's no longer called E3. Now it's
0: just called June. That's basically all it says. June <laughs> nice. is the month now for some reason. May 7th, Infogrames Entertainment, Seattle, rebrands all of its subsidiaries under the Atari brand. So that's been 20 years now. right? Castlevania Aria of Sorrow was released on Game Boy Advance on May 6th and GTA Vice City was released on Windows on May 12th. The console versions were back in 2002. Not on GameCube, but uh, still made it to PC a few months later. And who knows? Maybe within the next five years, we'll see GTA 6.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe 2033.
0: Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Rockstar still makes like $3 million a day or something crazy like that on, on GTA. Oh, yeah. But yeah, a little light on the game front, May 2003. But movies, it was a banger month, dude. Here we go. The Lizzie McGuire movie, Daddy Daycare, The Matrix Reloaded, Pokemon Heroes, Bruce Almighty, Finding Nemo and The Italian Job. Pretty stacked month.
1: Pretty stacked. And the only one of those I think I saw in theaters was probably Finding Nemo. I do remember seeing Finding Nemo. Uh, Yeah, probably within a month of it coming out. So probably around this time 20 years ago. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, I know. Finding Nemo has such a cool movie in theaters. I think I've seen, I'm going through it right now. I don't know if I saw Pokemon Heroes. I'm pretty sure at that point I was kind of done with the Pokemon movies, but I've definitely seen the other ones. Uh, Finding Nemo the only one in theaters. I liked Italian Job, especially after they made a ride based on it at uh, Canada's Wonderland, which you and I both love. That's a great roller coaster.
1: That's all I can associate Italian Job with is the roller coaster at Canada's Wonderland, Paramount, Canada's Wonderland back in the day.
0: It'll always be Paramount, Canada's Wonderland to me. Screw, Skeeter, screw Cedar Fair, but. Uh, on the album front, a little light again. We had Fallout Boy, Take This to Your Grave, which is a pretty good album, and Blur, Think Tank. That's their third album. It doesn't have the Blur song <laughs> that everybody knows on it. Song 2, which is the only song I know by Blur. and uh, that That's the one. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I found for albums in uh, May 2003. A little light for that one.
1: A little light. People weren't, weren't, weren't going nuts in 2003 for music. But what about news? What was going on in the world? Yeah, news. May 5th, LinkedIn was born. Oh, LinkedIn Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Connecting,
0: connecting. LinkedIn, link. Linkin Park was connecting uh, businesses, helping people find jobs. I would love to have seen LinkedIn in two thousand three. I can't imagine what it looked like. I barely know what it looks like now. I do not use LinkedIn enough.
1: It's probably honestly like a, a, a real system and like not like a cesspool of just like people like patting patting each other on the back.
0: Yeah, it probably actually had some decent functionality. Yeah. On May 10th, Mike, this one's for you. The first SARS case is reported in Finland.
1: Oh, thanks, Finland. Well, I mean, uh, there are SARS cases in China. That's where it originated. But I mean, I I see what you're saying. First one in Finland. Uh, Okay, sure. (laughs) Took a while to get there. You'll remember back in March, I think, was
0: the first time we heard about SARS in Canada. So it took another two months for it to finally make it to Finland. I think it came from Canada. Someone traveling between Toronto and Finland. It was probably you. Yeah, yeah you were 10 years old, just jet-setting around, tra- uh, just trying to spread a... You were trying to spread the pandemic way before it was cool. I know, right? Come on. These these <laughs> these patient zero people, they got nothing. I know. They got nothing on you. On May 20th, Buffy the Vampire Slayer
1: aired its series finale, ending the seven-year series. Wow, that's crazy. 20 years this Buffy... And then, and also, twenty five years since Seinfeld ended, also, which uh, will be our our next episode. But uh, oh, wow, that's uh, that's nuts. I always think Buffy is like such a more recent show, and that that puts me in my place. Yeah, it's more of a '90s thing,
0: even though it did go pretty far into the two thousands, two thousand three. So it's kind of that bridge between the '90s and the two thousands. But Sarah Michelle Gellar, absolute delight, loved her in the Scooby Doo films, of course, <laughs> of course, as well. That, that's why they had to end Buffy. She had to focus on her Scooby Doo career, I of, think. Oh, well, of course. I mean that
1: that that that. <laughs> launched her to stardom
0: that's right that, oh that's how everybody knows her for sure is scooby-doo <laughs> and on may 24th paul mccartney performed in red square moscow which was the first time paul mccartney ever played a show in russia oh very cool he could do back
1: in the ussr but it's not the ussr anymore you know <laughs> yeah i didn't know that the beatles i guess they never performed in in russia no i mean um, no one did uh no right like that was the thing like it was very rare It was. it wasn't until the 80s That uh, that people uh, were going. But there is this like a a rumor that the Beatles were there in like the 60s um, and no one knew about it or something that's someone can can correct me on that. But there's I remember that like reading about that, this like rumored secret concert in Russia. uh, So I don't do some fact checking. Even now, like concerts in Russia, how does,
0: I, I would love to know like, yeah, what now, like, <laughs> like, But I mean, like when you see like live concerts on YouTube and stuff, it's almost always, it's almost always in the States. But like sometimes you'll see like the European side, like or, England.
1: Or, or Brazil, South America, like yeah, those massive concerts that people have there, uh, oh which shit. is crazy. Like the Rock and Rio concerts that you'll see. Uh, or when Nickelback goes to Brazil, and gets hit by a rock. <laughs> That's really sick. That's <laughs> yeah, good stuff.
0: Good stuff. But yeah, like even like you see Germany sometimes too. Like yeah. some of the German shows are massive. But I, I can't think of any Russian concert, like famous Russian concerts, on film. Yeah. Um. I don't know if it's a still. It's probably still a pretty difficult place to play in, especially these days. But yep. yeah. That's the uh, that's the news in uh, 2003. 20 years ago, we had LinkedIn. We had the Lizzie McGuire movie. We had uh, E3 was uh, was big.
1: And uh, 20 years later, here we are. 20 uh, here we are. Lizzie McGuire still big. E3 still going strong. Everything's mm-hmm. everything's right in the world. And Atari is also somehow still kind of a thing. Not really.
0: Somehow a little bit relevant. But with that, Mike, I think that it's time that we jumped into today's episode, which is Super Monkey Ball. What do you think? Let's do it. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 13 of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast, the show about all things retro we loved from our childhood. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. We are the number one podcast on the internet, hosted by people named Mike and Neil. You can support the show on Patreon.com forward slash Unlocking What Was Cool. Supporters at the $5 level get to submit and vote on our monthly Patreon-elected episode. All patrons get the show ad-free and a little early. Last week, we talked about the classic 2017 Switch game, Breath of the Wild, which was which was our Patreon-elected topic episode. If you haven't already, go back and check it out. Perfect timing with Tears of the Kingdom, which is taking up all of my free time these days. This, this week, we are going back to our GameCube roots and talking about Super Monkey Ball 1 and 2. We covered Super Monkey Ball in Episode 1 of the GameCube Was Cool podcast, and we covered Super Ball 2 and Adventure in Episode 12 of the GameCube Was Cool podcast. Go back and check those ones out if you want to hear Mike and I from three years ago. Just don't forget to send us a happy three-year greeting card after you've done that. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to those, listen at your own risk. So, Mike... Super Monkey Ball 1 was released on November 18th, 2001 by Amusement Visions, published by Sega, it's on GameCube, in Arcade, now on Switch, PS4, PS5, and Xbox One, rates a 9 out of 10, Price today at around $35, which is the same price as when we covered it three years ago. It's a platformer, puzzle, and party game. And then Super Monkey Ball 2, released on August 25th, 2002, a mere, what is that, 10 months later. Again, Amusement Visions and Sega, same thing, but this is a GameCube exclusive at the time, but now on PS4, PS5, and Xbox One Series X. Rates a 9 out of 10, priced today at around $45, up a whole $5 that GameCube inflation
1: is real, (laughs) and it's the same genre as before, a platformer puzzle party game. Amazing. I mean, Super Monkey Ball. Yeah, this is, uh, we talked about it, episode 1, episode 12 as well, because of course, uh, Super Monkey Ball was a launch game for the GameCube. And I always associate Super Monkey Ball as a GameCube game for sure, and I think a lot of people out there do. I know it has been poured to other consoles uh, after uh, these two releases, and then the failure with Adventure. They, they they branched out a bit and went to different consoles and uh, and had with their Banana series or whatever it was, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, just recently last year, uh, two years after our uh, our first talks about uh, Super Monkey Ball, we finally did get what we asked for which was a uh, a remaster or basically a port of the, uh, of the original games. Uh, And we got it in the banana mania collection that has all the original stuff from super monkey ball one and two, as well as a bunch of mini games and fun new things uh, in there too. Uh, It's uh, the collection was, was definitely good. I'm glad everything was in there. We have our own kind of cons, I would say about that collection uh, and we played it. So did of the show, Kara who's going to be coming on soon. And, uh, We'll we'll get to that later in terms of um, of what we want to talk about. For but Neil, I, I got to ask you did you did you look back at our old episode when we first kind of covered Super Monkey Ball? What what did we talk about? What uh, did we get anything wrong? Is there anything that uh, that of note we should we should point out?
0: I don't think so. We praised it pretty well uh, three years ago. I, I listened a little. I listened back to our episode twelve mainly. I I, I, I by mind. rule I don't go back. <laughs> I do not go back to episode one. We we have we should make T shirts that just say don't don't listen to episode <laughs> one. Uh, I, on episode 12, uh, I do want to note that it, we hit a thousand downloads that week, which is funny that it took us 12 weeks to do that. Uh, now we do a thousand downloads in less than a week. So yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, that's, uh, I, I found that pretty funny. It's cool. Uh, but other than that, I, I didn't notice anything. Like I still had a lot of the same opinions about the game. I think after listening to us, I think that we did a pretty decent job. Going over things didn't get anything wrong from what I could tell. Did you notice anything uh, horribly wrong that uh, I probably got
1: wrong? No, no, no. We were actually pretty good. This is—it's funny because we definitely had the loose structure down, but um, we, we 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 did things very quickly and we didn't actually like go into detail about anything. Like looking, uh, listening back, I was like, ah, oh, we should have talked about this. We should have talked about the minigames more. We should have talked about the gameplay a bit more. We talked a lot about Marble Madness. Uh, which was funny, even though Marvel <laughs> Madness is not out on the GameCube. But of yeah. course, that's kind of where Super Monkey Ball comes from. I think we did a pretty good job talking about the history of it mm-hmm. uh, with arcades and everything, which we'll we'll do right now as well. But um, uh, I think we did a good job. I I, 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 I say that that, uh, that gets a little stamp of approval. My only thing is that uh, we talked about too many games because we also talked about uh, adventures and the, uh, the Pac-Man world games in the same episode.
0: Yeah, we, we definitely had that issue, I think, with pacing in the early days. Like, we're going to be talking about another game in a few weeks where we, we covered, like, 20 sports games at one point in an episode, which was a yep. bit of a mistake. But, yeah, the format of the show was definitely loose and starting to take shape in what the show is today. It is hard, though. Like, even today, I, I struggle with trying to balance the show between entertainment while also being about memories and trying not to sound like a Wikipedia page, but still having a few facts, because I know a lot of people out there do like to learn about these classic video games, so happy to talk about lots of facts, as many as we can find. But at the end of the day, I do, I do just want to talk about our experiences with these games, uh, with my best friend, and with the the guests that uh, that we come on. So it, it was kind of good. I didn't, I don't remember everything I said in the episode from three years ago. So if I do repeat myself here, how dare I? If I do repeat myself here, uh, I don't think I'll, I might, I might sound a little bit like a broken record. But like you said, hopefully we get to talk. I, I don't have any notes on Marble Madness today, so. Uh, We won't get too much into that. But the Monkey Ball series goes back a little farther than on GameCube. It was actually an arcade game, Mm -hmm. as I said earlier. It's an arcade platform video game, which began in 2001. And uh, the original Super Monkey Ball game was actually supposed to be on Dreamcast. Uh, But since the Dreamcast uh, failed early in 2001, it was ported to the GameCube as a launch title. And this was really the, the first game that started Sega's incredible relationship with Nintendo in the 2000s. Making Sega one of the best publishers, third-party publishers on the GameCube, which was awesome. We talked a lot about their games, and you can tell that this uh, this series is definitely has arcadey roots and should have been a Dreamcast game. Going back to it now, it's absolutely beautiful. But that that arcade cabinet is such an interesting piece of video game history. It's it's beautiful, very colorful, very bright, very loud. It's got that
1: Dole sticker on it and the yes. banana controller on it too. Oh my god! And we're gonna talk about that a little later too about the banana controller uh, from the Shokara. Uh, she she remembers that too. And, yeah, I, I love I love arcade cabinets that have like those kind of little touches to it uh, or even these controllers and stuff that that are tied to the game. Think of the Resident Evil chainsaw controller as being so silly. But I love that yeah. kind of stuff,
0: yeah, me too. And I, it we we kind of have gotten away from it a little bit. I know Nintendo do try with their some of their pro controllers are beautiful, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's just a pro controller with a cool paint job on it for the most part. I do like these wacky controllers that you can pretty much only use for one game. Even that, you might not even want to do that. But I do love the uh, the banana joystick controller. It reminds me of like in the arcades, the the golf ball arcade game, which is really cool. You just have this ball in a on a track basically. And it just spins in place like a mouse wheel or something. It's really cool. Uh, that, does, that is one of those things that makes arcades special and and unique too because you don't get that at home but the Monkey Ball series there are 21 games in total across 20 consoles one of those consoles is the Engage but it's funny Mike you said it in the intro there regardless of how many consoles this series has appeared on i do associate as well with nintendo and specifically the gamecube too as many even though there are Monkey Ball
1: games on Wii and DS i i just think of the gamecube when i think of Monkey Ball don't you oh me too it's like it's synonymous with the gamecube and i think the controls especially are what makes it so amazing uh, the gamecube controller being our favorite controller for sure and it it works definitely better with a monkey ball or monkey ball works better with it i would say uh, even like with the the new one i did notice that i liked using the gamecube controller a lot better even though you're you're just using one joystick you're just using yep. a single joystick to play this you know the whole point of Monkey Ball, the original the nineteen ninety nine version uh, for arcade, was to have no instructions ever needed. Uh, the gameplay was basically made to be like completely intuitive because uh, of the idea that it just was going in an arcade cabinet and just saying here, like move this around. And I think that's such a cool, uh, cool concept. I love when something does some uh, when a game does that one thing really, really well, and uh, and. You know, Monkey Ball did evolve, of course, uh, as the years went on. Like you said, there's been a lot of different games. There's been a lot of failures for sure. Uh, We'll talk about the history of it later, or the the future of of Monkey Ball later on. It'll be interesting to see where where it goes. But uh, right now, Neil, let's talk about the present of Monkey Ball. And by present, I mean in uh, the early 2000s. (laughs) (laughs) uh, And by bringing uh, our first guest of the show on. Sure,
0: yeah, let's bring on a guest on the show and talk about our memories of Monkey Ball from back in the early 2000s. Who is joining us today?
1: Well, friend of the show, Kara, is joining us today. Uh, We're really excited to have her on. The last time she came on, Neil, was for Ribbit King, uh, the uh, Strange Games GameCube episode that we did that is honestly one of our favorite episodes ever. Go back and check it out if you haven't. We talked about Ribbit King, Dr. Muto, other games, Metal Arms, that was another one of them of them. Uh, it was a great episode. I uh, loved it so much and uh, we're excited to have her back on. And uh Kara, we got to ask you who is your go-to character in Super Monkey Ball?
2: Uh I'm Baby. So, like like the meme, uh I'm the smallest monkey named Baby exclusively. So, easy.
1: No no doctor for you. No uh no Ii either. No Don uh, aka Donkey Kong.
2: Definitely not. No, I think I was I was in it for the cute little one. So baby, maybe the occasional Mimi, but uh, yeah, pretty baby forward here. Nice. Pro <laughs> baby. Yeah. That's pro baby. Exactly. <laughs> A pro pushing my pro baby agenda on the pot I <laughs> Just kidding. I'm... Oh, this is going to be problematic. That, sorry, guys. Cut that. Cut that. Look, <laughs> like We're all here
1: for pro, <laughs> for pro I.I. agenda, at least, you know, got to support I.I. It's funny of the characters in Monkey Ball, because you, you do have these kind of eclectic characters that seem to have like a lot more backstory than, than you're given. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they definitely seem to have created this whole world around them. And of course, we got that with Super Monkey Ball Adventure. Uh, later on, but um, it, it's it, you barely see them when you're playing. You're really not even. You're just focusing on the ball. You're not focusing on the characters at all. So I think it's funny that this work was put into it.
2: Mm-hmm. Really, from behind, any monkey could could be the same. It's pretty unclear who's who. I would say
0: it's funny though because I I felt the same way. Like Mike and I were playing this game a couple of weeks ago together, and like after a while, like you don't remember which monkey you are. Like they don't have they don't have distinguishable voices. It doesn't really change. The characteristic of your ball at all the concept of putting a monkey in the ball wasn't actually an original idea with the game uh the developer Toshih- Toshihiro Nagaoshi uh, he always had the idea of making a game that was easy for everyone to just pick up and play and he loved the idea of making this marble maze game physics-based marble game like marble madness and the issue that he was coming across was that the ball never he was just having such a hard time making the ball look Sphe- spherical and make like adding depth to the shape of the ball on screen, and that was the big issue he was having, when one of the art designers for the game came up with the idea of putting a monkey inside of the ball <laughs> for just some random reason, and he took that idea and, and ran with it, and that's that that's really all it was. it was. It was always meant to be a marble, they just didn't know how to make that marble look like a ball due to graphical uh, and arcade graphics uh, restrictions at the time, uh, but uh, he always said that he was always a huge supporter of the GameCube, which is great, uh, even though Monkey Ball appeared has appeared on 21 consoles at this point. Back in the day, he said that developing for the GameCube was the easiest to develop for over the PS2 and the Xbox. So just hammers home again what Mike and I have talked a bunch about is that Monkey Ball is and forever will be a GameCube game.
1: And and for you, Carol, what uh, what's your history with Monkey Ball? Of course, uh, you must have played it on... The GameCube, uh, back in the day, because it was only for Game unless you um, went into the arcades and was playing, were playing it on the, uh, on those banana controllers.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, this is where I reveal that I'm not a not a true SMB head because yeah, my first intro was the GameCube. I I want to say pretty recently after it came out, maybe not right 2001, but maybe 2002 or three. Uh, as a young child, I borrowed the GameCube from my sister, and this was just. One of the games that she had, and I was sold from the beginning. Uh, the, the cute little animals got me. Just sensing a theme with Ribbit King and Super Monkey Ball being <laughs> the two yeah. video games I played as a child. So,
0: Animal Crossing, too?
2: No, huh? not that one. <laughs> no, it's surprisingly. I would, that's
0: the no. natural progression of games as you go from Ribbit yeah, King and Monkey Ball to Animal Crossing.
2: A very fair assumption, but no, that one always. Kind of seem boring to me. You're not rolling around. You're too stagnant, right? Just, you know, tending your farm and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, monkey ball is arguably the opposite of Animal Yeah,
2: crossing. it's pretty high octane, honestly. Mm-hmm.
1: Very stressful, high octane. Uh, you where Animal Crossing is supposed to be like the most laid back uh, game ever, where you're just the, uh, you're just it's as it's as uh, stressful as you want to make it. And uh, the only stress is just paying off your debts to Tom Nook. So. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Monkey Ball, uh, obviously a yeah, GameCube game. I'm really glad to hear that you played it on, on the GameCube, uh, your sister's GameCube back in the day. And for you, what, what made you, or what really stood out to you for this? Like, why, why was this game something that you really wanted to play other than the, 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 the cute animals? Uh, mm, yes. were, were you yes. into like those, those marble he- games that you would have, you know, those wooden blocks that there was all these little, little maze and you're trying to get the marble out. You know what I'm talking about? Were, in, yes. were you into those as a kid?
2: Um... I wouldn't say I was overly into those as a child, but maybe I found them interesting. No, I wouldn't say I was big on that. <laughs> I think for me, honestly, the simplicity of of Monkey Ball, like Ribbit King, just the, you know, very few things going on. Well, in this case, truly one thing. You've got a joystick, you're turning it, and uh, that's about all I could comprehend as a child, I think. So it was, it was the simplicity for me and... Uh, The cute graphics, yeah.
0: I don't think any kid was really into those marble-based games unless you were born after (laughs) 1935. Like, (laughs) there's really no reason for it. But yeah, like, like this game is so accessible for anybody of any ability of playing a video game. This could probably be like your first foray into 3D gaming too. The camera is really easy. It follows you perfectly, which the new game the banana banana mania doesn't do it as well like going back to the gamecube version the, the camera in this game is perfect you don't have to worry about it you really only have to worry about maneuvering the joystick and maybe an a or a b button depending on the mini games that you're playing with friends but the single player aspect or portion of the game is just the joystick and that's basically it and if you if you fall off the edge like it's pretty forgiving especially early on in the game if you fall off the edge it's quick loads it starts you right back where you started and you can try again and again and again and it's got a great gameplay loop of that you know leveling up going to new levels and it's got a really really good difficulty spike as well where the levels get progressively more and more challenging to you know you can kind of quit this game especially the first one you can kind of leave it wherever you want you don't have to there's no big boss fights there's no deep story it's kind of just this just this marble puzzle game that you play for for 10 minutes or for 2 hours by yourself or you can plug in three other controllers with three friends and play an amazing assortment of mini games too. And I guess that that brings me to my next question for you there, Kara, is that did you play the multiplayer games with your siblings or friends or cousins too?
2: So I'm sure that I did, but I do remember this as a very solitary activity for me. Uh, I'm sure at one point or another, I was doing some multiplayer, but no, for me, it was really just me and the controller and my my single baby monkey in there. Uh, my mom says she has memories of watching me play it, but insists that she never played it with me. So, yeah, that just reinforces I might not have got the full multiplayer experience until today when Mike and Marty and I played. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Playing some of the mini games and everything, yeah, it, it's it's funny because I think Monkey Ball is certainly a single player game in that sense. Like, I think yeah. you, you experienced it in like the the optimal way, Kara, for sure. <laughs> with the this... <laughs> oh, <thank> you. <laughs> And because this was a single player arcade game, well, you know, if True. You it that yeah. way, right? Like yep. it was made for just one person getting really stressed out and everyone watching them and, uh, and going through and uh, trying to beat that level. Uh, one thing I do remember is what we were doing uh, today uh, when we were hanging out play- and playing this game was that uh, just passing the controller back and forth per level. And I think that's a really beautiful thing about Monkey Ball. Is uh is that there's a lot of levels that are extremely hard and there's and for some people some levels are definitely easier than others, and and I love that uh like for me I was getting really stuck on any of the levels that would have shadows if you know what I'm talking about Neil yeah uh mm-hmm. where like you you kind of get sl- you you there's something above you you think it's in one place but the monkey ball shadow is like there. There is a sun somewhere in this universe <laughs> that's, that's shining, that's making a a shadow that's not exactly directly below that whatever object is going to fall. So I have a really, I have a trouble with that a lot. And Kara was really good at them. She could do those really well. So,
2: Thank you very much. Well, you were very good at the skinny, skinny little roads. I was falling off left and right and Mike was just really bossing through it so yeah we we worked well together yep. yeah
0: yeah any, anytime for me it's anytime you have to go down like a steep decline like a hill or like anything like that oh, that, that yeah. speeds you up like i'm just i know i'm gonna rock it right off the edge as soon as i see one of those like it's really hard to control your speed there's no brakes in this game you just have to tilt the board to slow yourself down those are the ones especially like when it goes to a hill and then a curve or something anything like that is really stressful and it, it is fun like like mike said just passing the controller back and forth playing single player we did that too when we played it together and We'd constantly apologize, like, sorry, the controller's sweaty. like
2: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I definitely said exactly that today. You're really <laughs> holding on tight,
0: it's so tense. and like, you're you're like holding your breath. and like you're being you're being timed. and like, sometimes mm-hmm. the music speeds up or something. I love the music in this game, too. And, it's also getting hot outside, which is just a it's just a bad combination of things and and then there's like the added complexity of the level 2 where you you're being timed like you're just trying to beat the level within a minute or 30 seconds or whatever it is, but you can also choose whether or not you want to collect all the bananas in the level 2, which adds that extra layer of complexity. Um were you guys trying to collect all the bananas in the level or just trying to get to the finish line?
2: Well, I think at first there was some impetus to get the bananas, but we soon realized the higher and higher those levels got, it just became impossible. And, you know, we were also playing I don't know if this is telling on us, but we were playing the the Switch version. So the bananas aren't branded. So without that dole sign on there, what what's the point?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm there for the dole advertising, obviously.
2: Yeah, yeah. So
1: yeah, let's 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 dive into that. Let's talk about <laughs> that a little bit because this has got to be one of the strangest advertisement, like product placements that I think I've ever seen in any media. Uh, But it makes sense because as a kid, I didn't even think about that. I'm sure you were the same way, Kara, where you had no thought really about the Dole banana sticker being on all the bananas in Monkey Ball.
2: Yeah. For me, I think, I mean, there are, I would say, at least in Canada, pretty few banana brands in the first place. So it's kind of like the Kleenex thing. you know. Dole was almost just synonymous with banana for me. I was actually just walking around saying want an apple do you want a dole do you want an orange <laughs> just just kidding I wasn't doing that but but yeah no I didn't think anything of it as a child nope
0: yeah it's just it's just what bananas are they all have those stickers and it was <laughs> yeah, it was a yeah. it was a very interesting partnership between dole and Sega and uh, all the monkey ball games from the original monkey ball up until step and roll which was a Wii monkey ball game in 2010. They were all plastered with this Dole banana, and it wasn't just the on the bananas in the levels. Like you would see that classic red, white, and yellow and blue logo on the bananas, which looked kind of pixelated because the uh, the, the resolution isn't great on GameCube games. But then, after the level is over, a giant Dole logo like just scrolls across the screen. And it is weird because it's like, it wasn't convincing, at least not me. Like, I don't feel like I need to be convinced to buy bananas. Like, I'm going to buy them every week regardless. (laughs) Um, But after 2010, uh, Dual Bananas, they, they, I guess, lost the licensing or the partnership. And they switched over to Chiquita Bananas, which is the only other brand of banana I think I could name. The blue, the blue sticker instead of the red sticker. Different, different sticker. And during the Chiquita era, we'll call it, uh, over 180 million bananas in real life were branded with Super Monkey Ball stickers. Wow. So, yeah. So in the in the early 2010s, if you were lucky enough to be shopping in a grocery store, you might see ba- baby, the monkey baby on a, on a banana. It's always weird when I see like Disney characters on bananas. Like I'll be walking down the aisle. It's like, why is Elsa on this banana? I don't get it.
2: Yeah.
0: Is there a yeah. video game where Elsa's collecting bananas now? I don't know. <laughs>
2: Definitely feels a little bit cheap at this point. But if I had seen that in 2010, I would have been very excited.
1: Oh, yeah, it's true. That's true. Yeah, I. Uh, it, it's cool to see, like, it's just a weird partnership, but I, I kind of like it in, in a sense, too. Even in the, I believe the opening credits are, are, are in some, there's somewhere where I.I. Uh, is even in the, the Dole blimp, which is a mm-hmm. pineapple, actually. Uh, It's a pineapple blimp, not a banana, which I, I think is so funny. I, I am curious how much Dole paid to uh to have their their stuff in this game i feel like it's a lot less than we would think Hmm, probably
0: I, i remember in the late 90s early 2000s dole marketing a lot i don't know if it's still the same but like when i was a kid watching like pokemon and spongebob on ytv i remember like dole i'm pretty sure it was dole like snack packs like their fruit snacks um like in the juice you know like the little cups with the fruit juice and the chunks of fruit i never ate them but i just remember I just remember those advertisements, and I think maybe in the late '90s, early 2000s, Dole was putting a lot of marketing into marketing towards kids to get kids to eat more fruit and whatever else. I'm not sure if fruit marketing is as big as it used to be towards kids, but I, I guess this is just one of those things that they were looking into. But you're right; like it's kind of cool when it, when it makes sense in a video game, and and this game it does. It, it does get weird, like in Mario Kart. Now, what is it? Mercedes Benz is is in oh, Mario Kart. Like,
1: really?
0: yeah, Ugh. sold out. <laughs> that makes yeah, Nintendo easy. sold out. No, but it's cool when it's just like a random obscure food brand. But and it, it is funny, like how they have the the pineapple uh blimp in there because yeah, Dole doesn't just do bananas; they do a lot of other things.
1: <laughs> Kids, the we show. don't just do bananas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we're not they're not a one trick pony. But yeah, it's an interesting partnership in the game, and uh, we don't see it anymore. And in the new Monkey Ball games on Switch, the the remakes they they took out the Dole branding.
2: Mm, yes, they did.
1: Like Kara said, it's what's even the point without the Bill branding? Yeah, no, that's uh...
2: <laughs> doesn't look right, let me tell you.
1: It doesn't look right, but they they did Monkey Ball did a lot of funny things in their time and they in their heyday, you can say, in the early 2000s and late 90s. And one of them being uh, their arcade cabinet. And we talked a little bit earlier, but I mentioned it, uh, but to the banana joystick, do you remember this, Kara? Yes,
2: yes. well, okay, I honestly don't remember it from from real life but I remember googling super monkey ball and you know seeing the google image thing and just thinking yeah that's an interesting choice that they made (laughs) very very phallic yeah just a little bit phallic yeah (laughs) do you know are those still kicking around those machines like I've never seen one of those in my time but they don't
0: make new ones so if you do have one it's a retro cabinet Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that like I-, I can't imagine a Dave and Buster's will ever have this machine for that controller alone because yeah, yeah, you're just gonna get some ridiculous stuff going on with teenagers, and honestly, people in their early 30s will probably be doing the same thing too. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have a lot of signs saying "Please do not
1: stroke the banana."
0: <laughs> you gotta like, un- you have to like ask for like a key to get to the monkey ball cabinet from an employee <laughs> if, uh, if you want to use it at Dave and Buster's. <laughs> but it's a very interesting looking cabinet just for that controller alone. It- it's too bad that they didn't come out with like a custom controller for gamecube i was looking through our gamecube uh, anthology book that we have here and i was looking to see like was there a special monkey ball controller like the resident evil 4 chainsaw controller but there wasn't it would have been a really cool thing to have done with uh, with nintendo though to have this this giant banana that you could uh play games
1: with or some kind of sponsorship with banana grams come on a monkey oh, ball yeah. banana
2: Grams. why not it's not too late
1: the circle of life dole used to be with with Mon- monkey ball now
0: monkey ball is going to bananagrams and then it'll all go back to dole again and then we'll continue this this weird cycle
1: between fruit and monkey ball that's right this is what we need but uh, <laughs> uh Kara, are there any levels or any any um uh, particular points in the game that that really stand out for you is as, as things uh, of either being like super hard or memorable uh areas
2: Well, one thing I'll say, not directly to this point, but in terms of the levels getting increasingly more difficult, I do feel like this game has a bit of a problem with that. Like playing it this morning, we were realizing some of the harder levels were like, you know, number 12. And then we'd breeze through like 13 to 16 and then get another, you know, it's just like, I understand that a video game has to have that a little bit, but it just felt a bit bananas, if you will, just uh, <laughs> see what I did. That? Yeah. To your point, Mike, what was the one level that we were really struggling with? The comb level? I don't remember which number that was, but the giant, essentially you're, you know, on a straight platform, there's a giant rotating comb circling and you are trying to scoop beneath it. And we were just having trouble You know, knowing if we were meant to just speed run it or slow down and kind of weave between the, is it tongs of a cone? That seems right. Yeah. Yeah. Of a cone. (laughs) Sure. I feel like there's another word for it. But anyway, I think you understand my meaning. So that one was particularly difficult. I think, Mike, you ultimately made it through by doing sort of half a speed run and then half a little gentle maneuvering. But yeah, I feel like we were stuck on that one for quite a while.
1: And, and Neil and I experienced similar things with that as well, where we would get okay. stuck on yes. some really hard levels. And then, yeah, the next three levels are just like these easy ones to kind of go through. And, of course, there are bonus levels as well in mm-hmm. the originals. Uh, the bonus levels had, like you said, Neil, a, a massive dual sticker on the uh, the bottom of the stage. Mm-hmm. And so those were nice kind of breaks. But, but yeah, that uh, that is a con for me, actually, for these mm-hmm. games is definitely like... Uh, the the difficulty s- spikes are kind of all over the place, rather than a gradual uh, h- like getting harder as you're mm-hmm. as you're going through.
0: But that's the DNA from the arcade era, where yes. games yep. they like if when you played games in arcades, the the purpose of those arcade cabinets was to eat quarters, was to get you to put in more money, and the only way that they could do that was they couldn't make the games long, so they just had to make the games hard. And porting that to console, like it it, it is frustrating playing it at home when you're not putting quarters in, you just mm-hmm. want to beat the game. Um, but that that's why. and and that's why it's so hard. And that's why there's other arcade games that we've talked about on the show before. Like there's games like Ikaruga and uh, there's there's just so many other arcade games that later get ported to. I think is Ghosts and Goblins an arcade game. I think that one is. But yeah, there's just so many arcade games that like they they start and even early NES games too, they're very short, but they're very hard. Like there's so many NES games that you could beat in twenty minutes, half an hour. But because they're so difficult, it extends the life of that game. Like Monkey Ball would probably only be an hour, two hour game if they made it one of these THQ platforming games for kids and that you just burn through and then return right back. So the only way to extend the the life of it is to make it very challenging. And at the end of the day, like you're right, getting to the end of the the level, like the last final levels, you could probably chalk this up to being one of the more difficult games on GameCube, actually.
2: Mm Wow. Wow. Like you okay. wouldn't
0: know it by looking at the cover of these games. They're very bright, <laughs> very colorful. There's these happy looking monkeys. It's like, is this Donkey Kong? What is this? And you start it off and it is very fun. It is very inviting. And there's these happy monkeys on Monkey Ball Island. And and then like w- an hour later, you you want to throw your controller out the window because you can't get through this cone level or whatever it is. And even the mini games that I know, Carrie, you mentioned you didn't play a ton of those back in the day, but that—that's where I played a lot of Monkey Ball with, uh, with with my friends. Is we played the um the target one when like you go off this jump and you fly through the air and you have to land oh, on a target.
2: Yeah, that was like. Okay, a- I am vaguely remembering that now that you say that. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's a great mini game. Very reminiscent of like Pilot Wings, but. And then Mike and I, we went through and played all of the mini games in Monkey Ball 1 and 2. And there's there's a great billiards game in there. There's bowling, which isn't hard. That game's actually just a lot of fun. There, there's some random ones in there, like there's a baseball one, which isn't very good. But the harder one that Mike and I struggled with was a mini golf course, which mm-hmm. is a lot of fun. But there was a couple holes in there where, like, you know, par three or whatever, par two, it's like, oh, okay, I can do that. And we ended off with like eight strokes each or something like that. So the mini games in these games though are really fun and definitely extend the life of the game and especially if you're having friends over it's a great party
1: game. And there is a kart racer as well in this game that we played today.
2: Yeah. No Mario Kart, but it did the trick. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: That's the thing about a lot of the mini games too like Mike and I were playing the tennis mini game and I was like this is so close to Mario Tennis yeah. something's wrong. and it's like it's always like they're all like just there and there's a few that are really good like i mentioned the billiards one and the i actually really like the mini golf one but anything that's trying to be like something else just doesn't fit and yeah there's no there's no way it's going to catch up with mario kart but monkey ball characters in mario kart would be really cool
2: oh yeah yeah i'd be into that for sure
1: give me baby we have baby mario already we have baby (laughs) luigi now we just give me baby baby. just baby 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 (laughs) i also want to ask you Kara, uh, a question here. about what your strategy is for when you start a level you you put down your baby the ball drops <laughs> level starting what's the first thing you do what's your strategy
2: uh i would say that i am sprinting at breakneck speed guns blazing just straight forward uh and i, I would say about 25 percent of the time that works you're in the goal if you do that um so that's definitely the first strat and then from there of course you know that doesn't work maybe you gotta roll around a bit, see what's going on. But yeah, I feel like the speed, we talked about this today, but the speed really is key for so many levels that I think, why not just run at the top of your little monkey speed at first. <laughs> the levels that really trip me up are when they when they do incorporate these things like the pause buttons, where you're pausing the goal posts or, or things like this. Uh, mm. It's unexpected, but other than going fast, I would say sometimes, you know, sometimes I go quite slow just kind of inch up, check things out. Playing today was interesting because you could move around the camera in the Switch version, which I wasn't used to. So right. having to do some of that was helpful. But yeah, I would say usually speed is the goal to start.
1: I think that's the right answer. Yeah, I think, <laughs> uh, especially in Super Monkey Ball 2, where you do have unlimited lives, you can yes, yes. you can go for it. And uh, and you'll probably die immediately. But uh, yeah. As Neil and I found out, you know, in Super Monkey Ball 1, you don't have limited lives. You uh, you actually can can die quite quite easily and, uh, and lose those lives and go back to the start when you're doing your kind of challenge mode. And, you know, right. there's what, like 30 different levels in Monkey Ball 1 and, and, and 40 in, in, mm-hmm. in 2, Neil?
0: Yeah, 35 stages in Monkey Ball 1, 40 stages in Monkey Ball 2. In Monkey Ball 1, there's three party games and three mini games. In Monkey Ball 2, there are 12 multiplayer games. Six of those are repeats from Monkey Ball 1 with some added gameplay styles, so uh, they built on them, on themselves quite a bit with Monkey Ball 2. And then there was also a pretty cool release here. In 2004, Sega put out a Sonic Adventure and Monkey Ball combo pack. Um, so this is years before Monkey Ball on Switch, but if you wanted to, you could pick up a bunch of games, Sonic and Monkey Ball 1 and 2, all on GameCube, which is pretty sweet um, to have all those games together. I don't have Monkey Ball 2. That's one that I definitely need to pick up. I still just have Monkey Ball One, but it, it was weird though, playing the switch version of uh, Super Monkey Ball. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I there was something off. I don't know what it was, and I think uh, I, I think it was just the camera. not not having the instant camera behind you the whole time was just different. Also, something about the just controlling your your ball felt felt different. I feel like with the Gamecube, somehow you had more control. Whereas yes. with the the remake, it, it kind of feels like your your ball is almost on ice or something. It felt like there was way more sliding going on, like the yep. balls were lighter or something. It, it's it's too bad. I mean, it's great. It, it looks fantastic. the The music is good. The graphics are beautiful and everything. And we have it. We got what we asked for. But I, I still think I prefer the uh the games from uh, from the games from two thousand one and two thousand two. What about you, Kara? Uh, Kara, do you did you prefer the uh, the old games?
2: I certainly agree. Yep. Agree with everything you said. Definitely prefer the older games. I should say I only had the second one growing up, Super Monkey Ball 2. So yeah, I was used to the unlimited fallouts, as they as they say.
1: Fallouts. Um,
2: <laughs> so yes, but yeah, the Switch was fun, but you're right. Just a little too slippery for me. I didn't have the, the sleight of hand, you know, like just one teeny tiny move of that Switch joystick and you're done. Whereas with GameCube, I feel like I had a bit more control, for sure.
1: Yeah, I found it very much unforgiving, especially with that joystick. And I, I know, Neil, you were mentioning offline about how uh, there have been modders out there. Because, first of all, Super Monkey Ball, huge community, absolutely huge community of people who do speedruns, who do modding of it. But uh, there there are modders who who kind of change the controller layout on Super Monkey Ball on, uh, on PC to make it actually closer to the GameCube uh, control. Uh, than then the current controllers.
0: Yeah, I was looking into this. It was interesting because I was watching a, a YouTuber playing uh, Super Monkey Ball uh, Banana Mania, and he had a tip on how to make it feel closer to the original because I guess a lot of people had the same issue that we did. And he was playing on PC, and I'm not technically savvy, nearly technically savvy enough to figure this out, and I don't know if you can do it on Switch, but there's a way to go into your controller settings and change what's called the dead zone outer and the dead zone inner of your Uh, joystick and there's a way to make it make the system think that you're using a GameCube controller which uses more of like an octagonal trackpad I guess you'd call it as opposed to what most joysticks use today which is more of a circle Um, and then you can play the game and make it feel like you're playing a game from 20 years ago as opposed to what you're playing today because controllers as much as we love the GameCube controller controllers have changed a lot in 20 years so they had to make it work with the Pro Controller and the PS5 Controller and the Xbox Series S Controllers, so there is a way to trick it. And you can also, I think, you can also plug in your
1: GameCube Controller directly to the Switch, can't you, and play the Banana Mania? Ah, uh, yes, you can. Yeah, I mean, I I, yeah. I I do that sometimes when I when I can. But uh, <laughs> so. yeah, no, it definitely helps. And um, it, it's it, Monkey Ball is interesting in that sense that that we have had these remakes. We've we've at least had some some. Monkey Ball uh, future, uh, so to speak, and and it seems like we'll still get some Monkey Ball uh, as we go on. But uh, in terms of the franchise, Kara, you didn't play anything past Monkey Ball 2, correct?
2: Sadly, that is correct.
1: That's okay. I mean, you didn't miss out uh, on a whole bunch (laughs) of stuff, but but I guess my question would be, did this uh, game really influence you to play other games in the future or uh, other styles of games that you ended up liking?
2: Let me think. That is a good question. I mean, I've always liked racing games. Racing games have always been my main genre. I know this isn't, I guess, strictly speaking, a racing game because you're not really, you're just rolling uh, <laughs> rather than propelling yourself. But yeah, I guess just the idea of of guiding yourself through a track, I would say, yeah, the only game I really care about today is is Mario Kart. So... <laughs> uh, you
0: and you and many other switch owners <laughs> out there.
2: oh yeah really people like that game oh i, I didn't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be okay it's gonna be around for a while that mario kart uh,
2: i thought it was kind of a niche one but uh no but yeah i think i don't know i mean maybe i should try animal crossing because it does have the cute grass it uh graphics crossover
1: i was thinking fall guys for you as well oh, like, oh my
2: gosh of course yes yeah, sorry we talked about that yes um, Fall Guys is a game that I find fun that is very similar to this. Yeah, actually very similar. Some of the levels today, we were like, oh, that's Fall Guys. They they copied it. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty direct comparison for sure.
1: I see Fall Guys as like what Monkey Ball probably should have evolved to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it, it's It's like the first time I remember playing Fall Guys, I think actually you guys introduced it to me. Um, cause I saw it and I was like, oh, this is like, uh, this is pretty cool. It's kind of a wipeout style game, uh, where you're going through things and obviously you're not, you're, you're not moving the, uh, the entire stage You're moving yourself. Of course, that's the biggest mm-hmm. difference, but, but everything there in terms of the obstacles, in terms of how you're trying to get from point A to point B, basically the exact same as Monkey Ball.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Music, I feel like there's similarities that... Yeah. Sort of the length of the levels. Yeah, very similar. Very fun game. Yeah, if we're
0: talking about like what we would like to see from the series or like what they what they could have done. I, I would personally we talked a little bit about it, but having them make another arcade cabinet, I think it would be really cool. Like we talked a bit about this in the Luigi's Mansion episode, how there is a Luigi's Mansion arcade cabinet at Dave and Busters. It's very popular. You got the uh you get to use the poltergust three thousand as if you're actually in the game. I think that they could have a have a field day with making a new monkey ball game in arcades and it would do pretty well because there is pretty decent name recognition with this brand even if you didn't play it most people our age know what monkey ball know the name monkey ball even if you've never played it you know what it is you know it's this platforming fun light not for kids but it is very it's good for everyone kind of game so I think that putting it in arcades would be really cool. And I'd also like to see them come out with a new game as well. I think that's though...
1: all three. Mm-hmm. Where is it?
0: Yeah, where's our third one in the trilogy? Go back to it. And with with today's online infrastructure, you could make a killing if they made it like a Mario Maker kind of thing where people imagine being able to play user-made tracks. Oh like that would be so much fun. That would be awesome. That that's what I would really like to see from this series is just give the controls over to the people. Like I feel like that's kind of what a lot of games should just do at this point, especially puzzle games like this one. Maybe incorporate some new characters, maybe bring some other Sega characters into the game, put them in a ball and let us play with them. Uh, give us back Billy Hatcher, give us all the, the Sonic characters and uh, put them in the Monkey Ball series. Let's make this like Sega's uh, Mario Kart.
1: I mean, that was the first thing I thought when we were playing this again uh, was you know obviously the connection with Fall Guys and then thinking like, wow, this would be so cool if you had like a really massive course, like super wide yeah, with all kinds yeah. of different stuff going on and all like 40 people start at once. And it's the yeah. same thing as Fall Guys, right? If you fall off and then, then you're done and then, then it just whoever keeps going. Like, I think there's a lot of potential for Monkey Ball to do mm-hmm. some really cool online things. Uh, but what, what do you think, Kara? What do you think the future is for, for Monkey Ball?
2: I think that sounds very fun. Yeah, I would love to play this with just a bunch of eight-year-old kids in other (laughs) countries, and I'm just dominating. No, but I feel like it would be fun to play with multiple balls, because there is that level of unpredictability in this game, since you're in a little sphere, like you never really know. In Fall Guys, I feel like your guy hits somebody, and you know you kind of know where he's going to fall, how he's going to move. But with the balls, it could be like true anarchy, which sounds very fun.
1: This, I mean, this game is pretty close to true anarchy already. So yeah, with like all the balls, that would be really cool. Uh, especially yeah, the physics as we saw uh, uh, somehow did not improve on um, uh, no. on the Switch re- remaster because yeah, sometimes you get squished, but instead of getting squished, you just get thrown
2: down in the stage yeah. and you're just the gone. Floor sometimes yeah, no no real rhyme or reason, but they could they could work on the the physics in Super Monkey Ball Three as well. I love <laughs> Sega. Yeah.
1: I'd appreciate some better physics and uh, uh, and maybe some some backgrounds where we can have uh, uh we got lava we got we got stew for some stew. reason
2: <laughs> love the stew level
1: not sure what people are cooking monkey stew it seems like because I keep falling into the stew so. Yeah. It's like they're on. A, it's a it's a cannibal
0: island. Mo, banana island is. A, that's why they're collecting all these bananas. They're trying to get people to stop eating each other and oh, uh, and and the famine that's going on because everyone. It's just pure Ow. cannibals in there, and they need to eat. But they need to get back on their banana diet. That's what the game is really all about.
2: Oh no, this lore is getting too dark for me. This explains the the mild violence on the back of the case here. That's correct. It all makes sense now. Cannibalism mm-hmm. all along.
1: That's a perfect segue, Kara. Because uh, I think it's time <laughs> that we read the back of the case. What do you think, Neil? all right sounds good but i'm gonna let our guest of the show today
0: read the back of the case for uh, super monkey ball so i'm gonna pass it over pass the ball uh-huh. over to carrie here to read the back of the case but first victor hit us with that sweet jingle it's time to read what's on the back of the case there's things written on the back of the case let's read them and now we're reading
1: the back of the case
2: Hey, party animals. Call your friends and warn your neighbors. It's time to have a ball. Go bananas with 90 plus stages, multiplayer madness, and seven cool ways to play. Equal parts party and game. Super Monkey Ball could be the most (laughs) well-rounded game that you've ever played. That's it, it's a short one.
1: Warn your neighbors. What do do we think that means?
2: You're going to be hooting and hollering and they need to know that, uh, sorry, Marty's laughing at me in the other room. (laughs) I should have warned him. I should have warned my neighbor that he's going to be talking about this game. You didn't
1: heed the back of the box at all. You didn't heed that warning. (laughs) I hope some people did. They're
0: like, all right, I just want to let you know, don't call the cops. I got some friends coming over tonight. We're going to play some monkey ball. And then there's no answer. Just turn around and walk away.
2: (laughs) I think the best thing to do would be like write a little note to them, stick it on a dull banana and just leave it on at their doorstep and just, no, no,
0: you throw it through their window. Uh, yeah,
2: that that <laughs> yeah, makes sense.
0: Obviously. And do you have the back of the case there for monkey ball Two, or shall I take over for that one? It's all you. All right. The ultimate party game returns. Your favorite monkeys are back with 12 unbelievable party games, all new story mode and over 150 new stages. Let the good times roll. But don't warn your neighbors this time. No, don't warn your
2: neighbors. <laughs> be... They've already been warned. Yeah, years ago. <laughs>
0: They should have their house insurance all lined up this time. You're, you're good to go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, well, Kira, it's been amazing having you on. Uh, as always, we, we love uh, having you to talk about some great, fun, cute animal games on uh, the GameCube. Uh, and before you go, uh, we just uh, you know want to ask if there's anything else you want to say about uh, the Super Monkey Ball franchise.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I think the only thing I would say is long live SMB. And if you want to watch some good YouTube videos, what was that channel we were watching, Mike, with the
1: guys
2: in that room? Yes, yeah. Yeah, Games Done Quick was doing some good content back in the day um, that was a fun watch. So check that out.
1: Yeah, if you want to see people uh, breeze through levels that you spend hours on uh, and then feel really good about yourself (laughs) after Games Done Quick doing Super Monkey Ball, and that whole community is a uh, is a great uh, great resource uh, to make you feel really sad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Very impressive. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you so much, Kara. We'll uh, we'll see you again uh, next time we cover Ribbit King.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh God, please. Yes. Okay. <laughs> see you next time.
1: Bye. 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 What a nice young lady. What a nice young lady. Thank you so much, Kara, for coming on. Uh, once again, we'd love having you on to uh, to talk about these games. And uh, I-, I had her pegged to come on for monkey ball for a long time uh i we i think i probably first told her about the podcast or maybe we 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 were talking about a bit about games and 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 if she wanted to come on anything for gamecube and i and she was like yes i would love to come on for super monkey ball and ribba king and i was like well we just did this monkey ball episode so awkward. sorry awkward but uh i of course wrote that down and remembered it and Three years later, we are back and uh, we are able to have her on to talk about some of her memories of this game, and it was a lot of fun to play with her uh, too, and uh, and play these games with her again. I think this is, we gotta do this for every guest now, uh, where I bring the game over to them, I play it with them, mm-hmm. and then talk yeah. about it right right after that. We're gonna go from door to door, like we're like <laughs> yeah, was yeah. or or something, something,
0: trying to sell the good news, and uh, news. it was GameCube. <laughs> <the> <laughs> That's right. We're trying to, we're just going around, like all right, you, before you come on the show, we're gonna come we're gonna come over to your house, and we're gonna watch. Uh, we're going to watch the Truman Show with you so that you can talk about it properly and, you know, sit awkwardly, like... like Watching them. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're sitting in front of the TV watching them. That'd be really good. But no, it's a lot of fun to have Kara come on. Great to talk to someone who played the game back in the day and has fond memories and didn't play a lot of other games either. Like, she played yes. this, yeah. she played Ribbit King and then moved on to Mario Kart. And that was basically it, which I love that. I think that there's a lot of people out there that only play a handful of games. They don't play... Or they didn't play dozens of games as kids. You know, they just they just took their couple of games and ran with that. They didn't become insane collectors like you and I did in <laughs> our, in our teens and twenties, basically. And it's it's cool, and it, it makes. It, it, I wish that I would become more of a gamer like that too, because it means that I can focus on one game really hard. But it makes it hard to do a podcast if you only played three games. That's that's for sure. But I, I did want to talk about before we move into our closing uh, segments. I do have a couple more things I wanted to talk about, and I know you do too, Mike. Uh, but one of them is something that I found really interesting, and that is a, a Super Monkey Ball 2 Easter egg. I don't know if you came across this, but there's a really interesting stage in Super Monkey Ball 2 called Bumpy. And it's this—it's the third beginner stage, and there's seemingly random bumps on the stage. I don't know if you remember this one. Uh, but if you zoom out of the stage, the bumps are actually Braille. And the Braille dots read, Hi, this is Jamad. That's right, Braille alphabet. I respect you, Jamad." And that's the nickname for Junichi Yamada, who's the game's stage design director.
1: That's really cool and so random. How did someone even, like, come across that? That's... Yeah. Wow. Really cool. Really cool. I love that.
0: So, like, not only do you have to know to look in that stage, you have to know to zoom out and to know that those random dots are not random at all. They're actually Braille, which is even more interesting because... If you need to read Braille, I, I like. I, I this is me being completely ignorant. I don't know if you can play monkey ball if you're blind. Like, I don't think it would work at all. So it's it's interesting. It's a really interesting Easter egg. I like. It reminds me of the the original Easter egg in uh, Adventure, yeah, having yeah. the uh, the the screen that you go to on the map where you see the game's uh, director or the game's uh, yeah the, the game developer on on the screen. It's really cool.
1: That's so cool. I, I as you know, we l- love Easter eggs here. I love hearing about them, and I also love just like uses of games in in other in other walks of life basically and one of them and we said this fact on the show uh, three years ago but i want to say it again is as how surgeons uh would use a super monkey ball 2 to kind of get prepped uh before surgery i thought that was such a cool thing uh basically they they would use it to warm up uh, at a florida hospital uh, celebration health they would be playing super monkey ball 2 uh before they would be going into surgery because it's certainly one of the most precise games ever made like um even watching kara play i, I was really impressed by her uh, doing some of these levels that ha- that need such precision and she was able to get them maybe a bit through muscle memory uh maybe a bit through her sheer talent of course uh, using <laughs> baby but uh i when i read this uh three years ago i was like wow this is amazing and also like it does make sense like this this would be a, a really great warm up. I mean, if you mess up, you're not killing someone at least. So, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe making a, a put, making some monkeys too, but that's about it.
0: Yeah, it was warming up their ability to stay calm under times of pressure, and it's it's a great warm. I I love using video games in the morning to warm up, or not to warm up, but just to I guess wake my brain up. Like yeah, it, it's yeah. like reading something, or I play Wordle every day still. Like it's it's just a good thing. It takes me a few minutes. If I'm bad, it takes me even longer. But it's just something fun to do, like a game of Tetris or a game of like Minesweeper back in the day or or something simple. Like You don't have to go in and play an entire dungeon in Zelda to, to warm your brain up, but just yeah. something small like that to get yourself ready to put up with some BS and respond to emails during the day, I guess. <laughs> uh, I don't know what video game can warm me up for that. Maybe Monkey Ball is it, but uh, great idea for brain surgeons. I love that fact. I still tell people that fact to this day too um,
1: that we learned three years ago. I see. I love that. And we're all about learning some... Fun facts here and and I want to give a shout out to uh, Amusement Vision who's the the game's developer. Uh, of course they they developed it with Sega, but uh, Amusement Vision is a fantastic company or probably was. I forget if they're around anymore, but they made F0GX Neil. Yeah, they did.
0: They had a bunch of games in the, under their belt from back in the day. They made F0GX like you said, they made the Shining Force series, they made Virtua Striker, The Yakuza 1 and 2. And they're responsible for four of the Monkey Ball games. So they don't have a lot of games. I'm trying to count here. It looks like maybe 15. uh, Sorry. uh, Looks like they have 18 games in total. And they were eventually rebranded. They're currently known as Ryoga Gotoku Studios. Uh, I think they're still in business. Founded in 2011. And it looks like they are still in
1: business today. Well, there you go. Uh, Working with Sega probably uh, exclusively still. But... uh... Yeah, that's. I mean, uh, it's it's. It was nice to see them uh, take that these physics and and everything that kind of started perfecting in Monkey Ball and and uh, bring it to uh, F Zero and then uh, mm-hmm. uh, doing the arcade F Zero as well. That's so so cool to me. Doing Virtua Striker, I think they also did. Um, yeah. uh, definitely a great arcade developer, and uh, yeah, just want to give a shout out to them. Great arcade developer. Great
0: developer today, too. They're making the Yakuza and the Like a Dragon series for the most part. They also did do some work on the uh, Banana Mania game. The, so they do still have some ties to the Monkey Ball series. And again, just have to, while we close out this episode, do need to give another quick shout out. I know I I uh, I give Sega a lot of crap over the years, but they did come out and play for GameCube for sure. That's they right. put all of their good games on there. They They brought us Sonic. They gave us an amazing F-Zero game, which I still love to this day. And uh, they gave us Monkey Ball as well. And Mike, not everybody back in the day did enjoy Monkey Ball as much as we did. So I think that it's time that we go and review a review from back in the day. But this one is actually going to be a sponsored segment. I-, I thought it'd be only fitting that since Monkey Ball is so heavily branded with Dole Bananas, I thought I would go out and find a sponsor of our own. So I'm going to quickly insert a uh, an advertisement of our
1: own in this episode. All let right, right, let's, let's see how many advertisement dollars we get for this. But let's hear it.
0: Tired of seeing dull bananas everywhere? Who needs those irrelevant Disney stickers anyways? Due to a licensing dispute, Dale Bananas is now the number one choice of banana for Super Monkey Ball enthusiasts. Dale Banana Co. have been serving up fresh, never-frozen bananas to families since 1851, and they don't stop there. Every Dale Banana has been handpicked by II, Mimi, Baby, and Gong-Gong, straight from Super Monkey Ball Island to you. Dale Fruit is the perfect addition to family breakfast, physics based marble mazes, and of course for trading that dumpkin school for a snack pack. Stop supporting Big Banana and start supporting Dale, proven to end world hunger and eliminate unwanted marketing emails. Have questions about Dale Bananas? Go to www.dalebanana.com and connect with our Victor chatbot for the answers to every question you have. Wow, sponsored by a ba- a banana company of our own, Dale Bananas. I can't say I've ever seen them in stores, but yeah. uh, what colors do s- they have? Uh, I think yellow. That's probably why I never see them. It's not <laughs> not the best idea there. Whoever no, was there marketing. We see them on brown bananas, unfortunately. That's right,
1: <laughs> <laughs> all the back.
0: <bathroom laughs> and at that point, who's going to buy that one? So yeah, you don't. You only see the sticker once they uh, once they're ready for banana bread, unfortunately. But yeah, let's let let let's let those advertising mu- dollars come through, just like it did for Super Monkey Ball, but. On Metacritic, I found this review from a name I cannot pronounce, but Vianti X. This is from October 31st, 2008. Halloween. Nice. It's time to review that review. The only reason I got this game was because it got good reviews. I regret buying it. Even if I only paid five pounds, it's repetitive. You just tilt the control stick and that's all there is to it. There's barely anything in the game. Half the game, you have to unlock, a super boring credit level, that's not boring, where you roll down an endless path of absolutely effing ages, no story. Well, it's a party puzzle game, so I shouldn't be surprised. Boring stages, and all you do is roll. It tries to be fun and charming, but instead turns out boring and irritating. The reason this manages to get a 2 from me is because it has some challenge and kept me interested long enough to complete, easy, and half of medium. I would only suggest this game if
1: you're the type of gamer who doesn't play games very much or very long. Wow, so this person just does hates life and uh mm-hmm. does not want to have fun. Like, what? What did you expect? Sorry, uh, was this a, a review from two thousand one? Like from I No, you know, this is this was two thousand eight. So I think it was probably oh. around the Wii era. I'm assuming. So
0: I <laughs> couldn't find any reviews online from two thousand one, two thousand two. They weren't as common back then. It's for the original Monkey Ball game, but it it's still. I mean, seven. It's only seven years after the first game. So, I, and I'm sure. Some people did feel the same way, but super boring credits level, I guess.
1: But you also don't have to play the credits level if you don't want to. And also, the you know, credits level is amazing because uh, we completely cool. forgot about it until we played it uh, last week, and we're like, "Oh, wow! This is actually really hard and very interactive. Like you're you're trying to hit the uh, uh, hit the actual uh, people's names as as they're going by. Like it's." Uh, there's a lot of actual skill in that credit level. It's not like um uh, it's not like uh, Super Smash Bros. Where you're just trying to shoot <laughs> as many things as you can. Like, uh, it was actually kind of difficult. I kept dying.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I was watching you play it. It was really fun to watch. I'm sure that there's there could be a there could be an entire community just around that uh, that one level alone. But I do have a question for this reviewer who can't answer it, which is fine. There's barely anything in the game, which I mean, that's subjective i guess i mean there's 35 missions in the original game and six mini games which i will admit is fairly light compared to monkey ball 2 but their second point half the game you
1: have to unlock i mean unlock i guess in the sense that you have to beat things to go to the next thing how many games do you play where everything is (laughs) yeah i was gonna say
0: how many games have you played mike where you started up and everything is already there Yeah,
1: like yeah that's that's i'm this this review gets a I think this gets also a two out of ten for you know what it might even be a one out of ten for me. This is a really bad review. Hasn't aged particularly well.
0: I I would I would favor a game like this to come out again. That's really good and yeah. it turns out boring and irritating. I mean, you played it on easy, so I guess that might have something to do with it. But I mean, I guess it's still hard. Have, it still can hard. be. Yeah, I think I think it's it's just it's a very specific type of game, and if if it's not for you, like I think I would never recommend puzzle games to everybody, except for maybe Tetris. Uh, puzzle games can be very specific towards the person, the same way that I don't recommend a game like Animal Crossing. Like I don't like Animal Crossing, but I do recommend Animal Crossing to certain people. Yes, exactly. because I you have to you have to tailor it towards people's interests, and you have to look at a game and and kind of be able to know is this for me or not? And also understand not every you know, video games are for everyone, but not every game is for everyone. That's so, right. yeah. And it, it's kind of stupid to a game. That's not for you just to go on and bash it and give it a two me. is, yeah, man, is really <laughs> dumb. But again, this is from 2008 games were different. Um, But yeah, that's our
1: review that review from back in the day. Oh, thank you. That's yeah, uh, we really love that segment. Always fun to go back and yeah, super monkey ball, you know, the future, what was going on with super monkey ball at the time uh of course we have one and two they come out for gamecube and then we have super monkey ball adventure which is just a disaster of a game that is honestly close to being unplayable in, in some aspects and um and uh just like some fun reviews there like nintendo power gave it a five five out of ten uh really bad nintendo power yeah considering that nintendo power was just made to sell units uh so that was interesting and then ign giving it a 4.8 you know i know ign uh nowadays is is basically you know just a machine to give eights and nines uh, at the lowest but uh back you know in 2001 uh, or 2004 i guess at this point uh they were still giving you know some like uh, not great reviews uh for people and 4.8 was a really low uh review so that is atrocious and um it's it's a little sad to see that Monkey Ball kind of went down that hole. They did have Banana Blitz that came out for Wii that was uh, successful, just mostly because of the Wii being Mm -hmm. successful. Uh, If you want a really good understanding and comprehensive understanding of the series, please check out uh, Slope's Game Room on YouTube. Uh, He does an amazing job covering all of Monkey Ball's history from the original arcade release to uh, the 3DS games also that came out. And uh, I haven't seen it since uh, we first talked about uh, Super Monkey Ball, but maybe he's going to include banana mania uh and of course banana Mania coming out in 2022 to uh you know moderate reviews it, it was a it it was a good game in the sense that it included everything it, it had everything fans that i always wanted which is one and two being together with all their content but there was as you and Kara both pointed out something missing there's something to be uh, uh to be wanting there for sure and uh it it, kind of I wonder now like where do we go from here because we got this collection that we were asking for do we do we get that Super Monkey Ball 3 in the next five years what do you think Neil
0: yeah I I would love it like Monkey Ball was we have to go back in time a little bit here Monkey Ball was an annualized franchise from 2001 to 2011 basically and the developers definitely burnt out on making puzzle games over and over again so it's been a long time since we've had a main quote-unquote mainline monkey ball game. The collections are really good. They're fun. They're great to see in HD and everything. And people do have nostalgia for these characters. But, it, I mean, the characters don't have a lot of characteristics. Like, they don't have, like, you don't know really who AA or Baby is. Or even even Dr. Uh, Bad, Bad Boon. Like, you know, you know that they can talk kind of like the same. But even, like, in a game like Banjo-Kazooie where they have this made-up language in in monkey ball i still don't really know anything about these characters to the same degree that i do compared to banjo kazooie so i think that if you come back with monkey ball 3 you need to make the characters a bit more relatable i guess give them a personality maybe give them real voice actors because eventually you know you've got this franchise of characters that you've played with now for 22 years and you don't know anything about them like they're Mm -hmm. cute and everything but that only takes you so far you really have to capture lightning in a bottle there like with even like a character like Hello Kitty, which barely talks, is like a massive success. Um, so to bring it back, uh, like I said with Kara on the show, I think the the best thing that they could probably do is release a game that's a, a really good mini game collection with new puzzles in there. Don't make it a collection of rehashed uh, levels from the past games. Maybe bring back some of the old mini games because I think that a lot of the basics are there. Like make a really good mini golf course, make some really good bowling um make a good billiards table and maybe a few others take the tennis out we don't need it um and and just incorporate a really good online community like give people like i said before like a Tony Hawk Pro Skater style Mario Maker style ability to create your own giant puzzles and allow people to compete on them at the same time you can make some really cool races you can make really cool speed running you can you can have the ability to share the way that you solve a puzzle on Twitch or something i think that Monkey Ball is a really cool series that has the ability to to be huge online, to have a big online community, but that that's where I see it. I think that if they come out with a game, it, it should have an, a, a decent campaign in it. I know that sounds weird. It should have a cool story in it with maybe some voice acting, really good visuals, really good puzzles, make it challenging again, and then the multiplayer should be all mini games and online, but... Sega, I don't know if they'll do anything like that because they're an interesting developer and publisher these days. Even the best-selling se- uh, Sonic game is weird and broken and barely works. So I'll have to wait and see. But what about you, Mike? Where do you see the uh, the franchise
1: going forward? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I definitely agree with you in that sense. I, I would like to see them go forward, definitely with what we were talking about with the uh, the the Fall Guys aspect. I think this game is is Fall Guys. Like this is where Fall Guys got its start for sure. It's heavily inspired by Super Monkey Ball. I think Sega, it would be really cool for them to go that route. Uh, The only thing is I think they're going to need help uh, on it. I think they're going to need someone, some uh, console to to take the reins. It would be hard-pressed for me to see them releasing uh, Super Monkey Ball 3 on every console at first. I could see them doing an exclusive Switch version to start off uh and then maybe go into other ones because i think they would need nintendo's help to, to really get this off the ground and create something interesting if they don't go that route then yeah they'll we'll just probably see a bunch of rehash stuff which is kind of too bad that we we've seen throughout but uh, it's, monkey ball is one of those things that that if you are creative enough you can make anything with it and and the the sky's the limit and i think that uh it can, it really can go anywhere, and it's it's just depend on Sega what they want to do. And I honestly am excited for the future of it because of the honestly limitless possibilities that it has. Yeah, and Sega has an interesting cast of characters now. Like
0: we said before, they've got Sonic, they've got Billy Hatcher, they've got uh, they've got the Yakuza series as well, and now they just recently bought Angry Birds too. For yeah, was, yeah, yeah, they recently bought Angry Birds too, which was a really weird uh, purchase. But I mean, they're all in their family now, so. Maybe we'll have a really cool crossover at some point, and I think Monkey Ball could really be the multiplayer game that Sega has to sell those party games to people, so you can go out and warn your neighbors that you're playing Super Monkey Ball 3. But Michael, we're sitting here patiently waiting for Super Monkey Ball 3 cross Yakuza like a dragon. Why don't you let the listeners know what they could expect next week on episode 14 of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast.
1: On episode 14, Neil, we're talking about Super Monkey Seinfeld, the third Woo! game. Wait a minute, that's not right. No, that's not right. Uh that different universe, sorry. I I flip to the multiverse sometimes. But we're talking about Seinfeld, uh, to celebrate twenty-five years since the finale aired. Uh, way back in June of nineteen ninety-eight. Absolutely crazy to think about. But uh yeah, uh Seinfeld uh first season specifically, we want to probably do all the seasons at some point during this podcast who knows but uh we we realize that we can't just talk about Seinfeld as a whole we gotta break it down so we're, we're just starting with the first season uh specifically the the five episodes that are in the first season uh that's gonna be really exciting to to talk about that with you Neil and uh I'm sure we can go off about Seinfeld and, and all our Seinfeld knowledge Oh, definitely.
0: Seinfeld, it's one of the few, th- it's one of the couple things that you and I really truly bonded over when we were kids. It was the GameCube, Baseball, Spongebob, Star Wars, Seinfeld, all the S things, oh, um, all the S things with GameCube in there. But uh, it's going to be so much fun to talk about it. Season one is criminally short. Can't believe it's only five episodes. But like you said, we are going to go back and hopefully cover all nine seasons at some point. It's, the, in my opinion, the greatest TV show of all time, the greatest sitcom for sure. And it, it does make it does make sense to cut it up into nine equal parts, which is kind of going to be the format for this podcast. When we do a TV series, we'll probably do it season by season uh, when it makes sense. But uh, yeah, looking forward to talking with you about Jerry, George, Elaine, Kramer, and all their crazy antics all the way back in nineteen ninety nine. And I, I of course, and baby, we are pro baby on this podcast. obviously. <laughs> But until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode 13 of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast, new episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. Leave us a rating and a review so we can make the show better. You can support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash unlocking what was cool. All patrons get the show ad free and a little early and the option to submit a topic and vote on our monthly Patreon elected episode. Follow us on Instagram and join the weekly conversation on our Discord channel. Share us with your friends and family. Tell AA Neil says hi. Thank you so much for the support and we will see you next week. See you later. Bye-bye. The Unlocking What Was Cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada and hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Additional voices provided by Victor Young. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters of the $5 level. I Rebel, Dean Donian, Joey Sirico, Marty Thompson, Double Ugly, Benito, Benito, AJ Olsen, 11, Pedro Marquez, Cube Dude, Bogus Lotus, Jude, and Way Overrated.
1: Hurry up. <laughs> Ready? Ten, nine, <laughs> eight, uh, and full, full, oh is it fall, fall. Instead of foul? Oh.
0: <laughs> the announcer in this game, I, I didn't actually get the name of him.
1: hes He did a pretty good job. Not bad. He did a pretty good job, but uh, I don't like when they start counting down at uh, no. 10, 9, 8. That really stresses me out. Also, no. I think the names of the monkeys are supposed to be like how you react. Like, aye, uh, aye, ay, like when you fall off or gone, gone, gone. You know, ah. you're leaving. That's, that's what I, uh, that's my origin theory.
0: It's definitely a theory. <laughs> <laughs>